truth? Oh, I'm all ears. Okay. The truth. I always tell the truth, even when I lie. Why do you find it so hard to believe? Why do you find it so easy? It's never been easy! You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing more. Welcome back to another episode of Truthful Talk. <laughs> Welcome back. People. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> I am Marco DeGeorge, and with me is my amazing wife, Samantha. Samantha. Samantha, say hello to everyone. Hello, Samantha. everyone. <laughs> Samantha. It's been a little while since we've done an episode. Life has kind of gotten us into different areas and different tracks, but we are back, and we love to just talk to you. I don't even know about what. We're, we're back. You know, our, our whole thing was, <clears throat> we're going to come back and we're going to just start talking yeah. and see what happens, see if we can't get this whole thing back on track. It's been like a year and a half or something. <clears throat> yeah, it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. I know. How you been? I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've been okay? I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we're right in the middle. It's it's interesting. We're right in the middle of a run of our uh a show talk radio at theater on the edge and uh, we're on hiatus right now we come back in the beginning of of the new year and so <clears throat> sam has built us an actual radio station to use this for is this where play this and is this is where we're, we're there right now and i'm like you know what we have a radio station it's a it's functioning <laughs> everything good. here actually works so why not just sit down press record and start talking to each other yeah that we, we were already doing it Right, we were we were playing around doing it, and I'm like, you know what? Let's just press record and and uh, and and get another podcast out because it's been a while since we've done that. When you do it, do it fully. That's, That's right. What they say. That's what they say. <laughs> All right. So, ah, so how you been? It's been a weird couple of years, right? A lot's happened. What are you asking me? I right don't know now? what I'm at. I'm just asking. It's like, how how are you feeling right now? I'm good. Uh, how are you feeling with with the the play? I love the play. This is my favorite play. Not the... Yeah, this is by far my favorite play. <clears throat> yeah, you got to use your voice. Use Otherwise, no voice. one's going to hear you. you yeah. Hear you? <laughs> um, it's the headphones. But yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm super stoked that we're actually <clears throat> recording this on set, which is really cool. This is the magic, people. We do what we do for real. So, yeah, so the amazing thing is that we have, we have a rule at Theater on the Edge that whatever goes on stage has to actually work. And it's part of what the, the hyper-realism that we do. And Bruh, so in, y'all don't know what it takes. Oh, man. In building a, a radio station. Well, this is also a radio station from 1987 in Cleveland. So, Cleveland. In, in, uh, it, you know, so there was a lot of research that had to go into finding out what an older-style radio station did, the, you know, getting certain equipment, and then getting it to actually function. And the cool thing is, it all works. It all works, man. We're sitting here in front of live mics, <laughs> talking to you right now, going into boards that, you know, it, everything works. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, it scares me of like next place. What if we're like, what if it's a hospital, you know? Well, then, yeah, we just, you know. Need <laughs> we to... go method. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Let's not cross that line. <laughs> hey, hey, hey now. 
but it's it's so cool. So right now, the, the if you haven't seen the play, the the room, the theater, she uh, Sam developed two separate rooms. So the play takes place in a in a small radio station in Cleveland, 1987, and so a lot of the action takes place in the actual studio section where the host is is on the air. But also there needs to be a control room, which is outside, which, you know, you have the controllers and the other people, the producers who are running the show. And so she divided the stage in half and now has a a studio, which we're in, which is a soundproof booth, essentially. And then also the the control room. And it's pretty, pretty freaking cool. Pretty cool, man. Feels like we're actually in a radio station. I do. If I I turn upstage, downstage. Upstage. That's what I said. Upstage is that way. Yeah. If yes. I turn this way. Of course, that way works really well for people listening, but it's uh, <laughs> it's that way. It's a radio show, man. Not a live show right now. It's a podcast. I could turn upstage. <laughs> okay. Yes, but they don't know what uh, maybe upstage is. Well, I mean, I'm saying they might not know when I say that way, which way I'm pointing. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Because they can't see. Right. That's true. Just li- you're just listening right now. Anyway, when I'm not looking at the audience, there you feels, go. feels much more real. Because everything is constructed. Everything is detailed out. You know, all, the, all of the, the back walls, the side walls, um, from floor to ceiling. So, so what, what was the hardest thing about building this one? The design of it. I think you mean the construction design the, of it? The the initial floor plan? Yeah, the initial floor plan. I think we went through a lot of different um, ideas and scenarios and options of what was going to work. Because um, the director wanted Barry right in the center, so I tried to design that, but just space-wise, it just didn't work. And visually, it wasn't going to work. So we actually went down to a very simple plan, which was... Just divide the stage in half. <laughs> and I mean, thank God we did because yeah. but it even took, it took a while to get there. <clears throat> but I mean, there's still not even a lot of space. You know, everything still feels very confined and, and it, the use of the spaces works really well. It does work really well. Um, and I think just visually it looks really nice. And when you're sitting in the audience, there's a, it's just a different experience from where you're sitting. If you're sitting on Barry's side, it's a whole different experience than if you're sitting on Stu's side, which is the control room. It's it's funny because the the on air sign is actually on right now, and that's I, my favorite <laughs> thing on set. The on air sign. The on air sign. That's my favorite thing. Uh, that's because it was built. I built it from a scratchies. That you know, it's it's the small things. Sometimes the smallest things are, are the audience would never know, you know. But you look at something. So like the on air sign and looking around for one, man, they're hard to find. Oh no, and they're so expensive. And they're expensive, yeah, and especially a vintage one. Right. And it's like, oh. So uh so so Sam went through a lot of research and figured out how to construct one herself. And it's it's pretty amazing. That's it my is, favorite piece on set. Yeah. I like it. It is pretty cool. Yeah. Even more than Gumby or Gizmo. Oh no, no, dang it, Gizmo. Yeah. Gizmo's my baby. So <laughs> So I, you know, it, a lot of people ask how we, because Sam and I are not all, only married and you know ha- have a family of of five children and what uh, I know right what five, uh, and we're a blended family in that way, um, but you know we there's that side of our relationship, but then we also work together, 
So we worked together in the theater and then we worked together in Truthful Acting Studios. And so we're together like all the all time, the time. Man. all the time. And I remember always hearing that that doesn't work. Yeah. And you can't do that. You can't be together all the time, right. you know, and and somehow and I was against that. I know you were against that. You yeah. wanted your space and uh -huh. freedom and whatever. And I miss you. And when I'm not with you, I miss you. <laughs> and it's amazing. And so people want to know how how does that work? How do you how do we actually make that work? And it's uh, what what what's your advice on that? I think we're just best friends. That's the thing. Is that it? Just yeah, yeah because our friendship <clears throat> is so strong. Yeah, like really... when you're around friends, you want to be around friends, right? Right. That 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 are awesome, and they're just the energy. So, I like being around you. I well, just, we we collaborate really well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we argue. Well, Don't get us well, wrong, people. Yeah. We argue, man. Yeah. Uh, Only when you disagree with me. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is actually true. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> I disagree with you very well. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> so I think that's it. I, I just like being around you. Because I think it goes into into this, the, you know, what are the secrets of, I mean, everyone thinks it's a secret, I guess, of of trying to find a relationship that works, of something that, because you're always looking for that relationship where you want to be with the person. Because I know, I know a lot of relationships, you know, and, and even growing up watching uh, just my friends, families, and you know, it was just, you get to, you learn from parents and you learn from you know, friends, parents, and people you see as far as how a relationship works, how a family works. And a lot of times you had parents that went off to work during the day, either one or both, and then come home at night. And, you know, there might be family moments, you know, possibly, you know, dinner time or, or family time, but it was a lot of couples spend a lot of time apart yeah, and then come back together. And so growing up, I always thought that's what it was too, is that being in a relationship meant you were in a relationship for a little bit of the time because a lot of the time you're pursuing your own interests. Right. That's and what I thought. With us, because I, it, it, there was always this warning of, okay, well, no, don't, don't mix your relationship with your work, right? If you work together, it's never going to, it's never going to work out for the relationship side. And, and I think we're doing the opposite of that. And yeah, and I, I wouldn't necessarily call it work. Like a lot of people are like, oh, you got to separate work from personal life. But I feel like it's it's so blended for us that it's not, I wouldn't even know how to separate it because our life is what we do and what we love. So it's not necessarily that we're doing this nine to five work job and then we're bringing it home. It's It's 24 seven. Right, we're not, we're not we're not accountants for something, and then we're working in a cubicle or something. You know, right, we're, we're this is our passion. Right, it's our passion. So I feel like just twenty four hours a day, we're just doing what we love to do, and we're doing it together, and that's it. So is that one of the secrets to the relationship? Then do, do you see what I mean? Because we love I, what we do, but right. how does that relate to then maintaining a relationship where we see each other all the time, but yet we don't ever get sick of each other or don't you know, you kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> Not that sometimes I don't want to. Thank you. But um, I, I don't know. I feel like before I thought that I can only handle so much of you. 
I know that sounds really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, here here's here's the thing, folks. This is she said this to me directly, so it's it's not <laughs> it's not that I don't know this. <laughs> this is why it works because I can tell you like it is, and we can talk about it. Um, but the moments where I'm not with you, because I'm super independent, right? I like doing my own thing. I like having my own time. Um, but when I'm not with you, I'm like, oh man. Like, I want to talk about this with you or I want to show this to you. So that that's where I feel that I think for us, at least. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop talking, touching my mic. <laughs> it's, it's funny. So if you're sitting here watching this and this is just one of these these couple things, I guess. But I'm watching her tr move around the mic to talk <laughs> to me directly. And it's like but the point is to talk into the mic, not to talk on the side of the mic. So uh, we're, we're having one of those moments. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, you were saying. I, I broke your train of thought. <laughs> it was so cute. It was so cute. Um, I don't know. I, um, I think for us it works. Like I'm not saying that that's, the, that's like the thing for everyone. Everyone has, I think, their own dynamic and their own thing when they're together. But for us, like I feel that we work better together. Like I, I've had those days and we've had those months and stuff where we do that traditional stuff, you know, and I don't like it. Yeah, no, I, and, and, and I can say I don't either. And, and the traditional stuff, I think you're referring to just meaning getting caught up into life, yeah. work, you know, right. the, the busyness of the, the busyness schedule. Of everything. And, and I just, I don't know. I like being around you. I feel like I'm, I'm, I function better. Not that I don't function fine on my own, but when you're excited about something and you're alone, well, and you have, that's okay, you have someone to share it with. You're right. You have something to share it with. So that that's I think that's my take on it. I just like sharing stuff with you. And and I think we and I think because we've, as you said, we've had those moments where we've tried it different ways, um, or got pulled back into a traditional. Listen, people. Type. I'm going to be honest with you right now. Uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> I once told him that I can only see him. Or handle him twice a week, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was, that. Like more than twice a week, I can't. Well, this was yeah. So this was. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this was not married, by the way. I'm just before. No, yeah, this was, this was when married. we were dating. Um, and now I think. But you were coming off a, a different lifestyle. Yeah. Of of wanting your independence or wanting the time for you, and thinking that you had to keep that separate. Right. Right. And that's what I needed at that time. That was important for me at that time. And it's so easy to get pulled in, especially, I mean, we, we own our own business, right? So we own a couple of businesses and it's in doing that, it's a 24 seven thing. I mean, when you own a business, it, it's in a lot of ways, it has to be your obsession in order to make it, make it work. And you need to love it that way. Right. You have to love it that you way. You have I to think love that's it so much that you're obsessed with it. Right. And then that's, that's when you give the business the attention and love it needs to then flourish. So, uh, I don't think it's a business. Like I see it. It's a, it's our lifestyle. Well, it is our lifestyle. Yeah. But I mean, for those that don't yeah. understand it, it's, it, they look at it as a, as a business. Right. So sure. For us, we don't look at it as a business. It's just who we are. This right. is, this is who we are. Um, you know, truthful acting or theater on the edge is just what we do. It's an extension of us. Right. Uh, you know, but there's still a business aspect to it. 
Yeah. It's we still have to it's still run as a business. We still have those things we have to do. There's still paperwork and, and charts and reports and <laughs> there's still you know, all things that great we have stuff to, that we, I do but I don't like. <laughs> right. There's all that stuff that we still have to do. And sometimes we get bogged down because when you own your own business, kind of like when you have kids, the work never ends. No, man. There's always something to do. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, on my to-do list, I always have, you know, 10, 20, 100 things that are undone that at any given time I can sit down and say, oh, you know what? I, I, I can get caught up on these five today. Let me do that. But what do I give up? And so I, we've been through months where I'm like, okay, just all day, every day, I'm just going to try to get caught up. And the reality is you never get caught up. Never get caught up. And while I was doing that, I was also sacrificing time seeing Sam or the family or, and so, you know, at some point, I don't know when, but at, at some point it switched back and it was like, you know what? No, the priority is going to be the relationship. The priority is going to be the family. The priority is going to be that. That's where I'm going to put the time. And then, you know what? When I have time to do the other, I'll do the other. Yeah. And I think that's made a big difference. Yeah. It's easy to get stressed out about that though. Like when you're in it, um, I think a lot of stress comes from that. But I think once you put your focus where it should be, then that just kind of everything just falls into place. Because it's like we talk about when you have that extra time, right, of doing certain things that, like the logistics. But then you choose to come home or something. It's like, well, that logistics stuff eventually gets done. But... And it, well, right. That's what I'm saying. It, it eventually gets done and we're always backed up. We're never going to really be caught up. Truthfully, you know, if we look at it honestly, we're never going to be caught up. It just doesn't work in the type of lifestyle that we have where we are operating multiple businesses and we're doing most of it ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, and because they're small businesses, right? So we, it's not like they're like a lot of employees and things like that. I mean, they're very small businesses. So you know, it really just, it falls on us to, to do. And, but what I'm finding is that when you focus on the relationships in your life and you make those the priority, everything else seems to get easier. And, and it's, I don't know. I, I find myself to be more efficient when I'm working on my, my work, but also I'm not as stressed about the stuff I'm not doing, right? <laughs> which is more important. Versus when I'm only focused on the logistics of work, I, I get stressed out and because um, that's like, you know, I don't have the other to balance it out. So I guess right. what I'm asking is, is what is do you would you feel that focusing on the relationship, putting the effort into the relationships in your life is probably one of the most important things? Oh, I think for sure. And I think that like we were talking about earlier, it's not necessarily work. I think because we have each other to bounce things off of then it's not necessary. Like, it's still work and stuff, but because we're doing it together and we connect so well and we work so well off of each other that that, that other stuff is not... I don't know how to explain it. Um, Does it feel as important? I mean, it's not that it's not important, but it doesn't feel yeah, as stressful, maybe? correct. Right. It's not as overwhelming? Yeah. Right. Cause, like, cause, yeah. I if mean, I was doing this with someone else, like a coworker then yeah, oh my God, I think I'd be super stressed out. Like I wouldn't be able to do it. Right. There's no way. So focusing on the relationship side of things is important. Like, I mean, as far as our marriage. Yeah. Focusing on the relationship, us us spending every 
because we spend time every single day focusing on the relationship. Yeah. And something that we consciously do that we talk about and we know that we're doing. It's like, no, we're going to take time and focus on the relationship, make sure our relationship is strong. And, it, you know, it's really simple. It's like checking in with each other, yeah, how do you communicating feel? with each other. How do right. we feel right now? Is there anything bothering you? Right. Um, which it's usually me for Sam. <laughs> if there's anything bothering her, it's me. But, it, it, <laughs> but it's, it's right. I mean, taking that time to check in and do that every day is and not taking it for granted. That's the that's the big thing, man. Because I think we do that. We take our our romantic relationships for granted. Yeah. I mean, granted, meaning just expecting them to be there, expecting right. them to be the same as they yeah. were yesterday. Right. Right. And I think that I think that we've gotten a lot better with talking about that stuff, which is why I think our relationship has even strengthened within the past couple of years, is because we're we're talking about that stuff. Um, every day. Every day. Yeah. Just checking in, man. Even the smallest things. We don't even let the littlest things slide anymore. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're just obvious now. <laughs> right. Not even the smallest little thing. I can't as, hide anything. As, as crazy as it sounds, you just don't let anything build up. You don't let anything go. And it's not that we have these crazy arguments or anything. It's not heavy, but it's just, it's just being honest with each other and saying, hey, I just, you know, this is bothering me. Yeah. The piggy bank. We call it. Yeah. Uh, the stamps. The stamps. Uh, yeah. co it's, Collecting yeah, stamps. Right. There's a, a a philosophy or a psychology out there called collecting stamps. And it and it means it's it's an older <laughs> when you used to collect stamps for things. So back in the day, back in the in the eighties, huh? I miss oh, those days. We're here right now. We're, no, we're in the, we're in nineteen eighty seven right now. But back back in the day, like you would go to like there was different clubs. Like Publix actually used to have one. It was funny. You used to go to Publix and they used to give you stamps. That you, you, when you would spend so much money, you'd get so many Publix stamps. And then they'd give you a stamp book. And you'd put these stamps in a stamp book. And if you collect so many, then you could redeem them for a prize. I don't remember this. No, this was before your time. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember my mom used to do this stuff. And it was, it was a big deal. And, you know, you had Sears stamps and Publix stamps and all these stamps. And you would go and then turn them in for, for different things. Anyway, you would collect stamps. So collecting stamps became a very big thing, especially in the 80s. So <clears throat> there was a psychology that came out that said, well, we actually as human beings tend to collect emotional stamps. And it's in the very same way. When something happens in our life that we're not happy with or we have an emotional reaction to, but we don't express, we save it. So it's like, oh, we have an emotional stamp. So we're going to put that in the book. We're going to hold on to that for later. And then all of a sudden, something else happens. We collect another emotional stamp. Now, these are small things, and they don't, at the time, they're not this huge monumental thing. It's just a small little stamp. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you're a frigging coin collector, stamp so we, collector. So we, we, we put that in the book. And then over time, you end up collecting, when you have pages and pages and pages, when the book is full, so after a hundred different uh, small things that get collected, that hundredth thing that fills up the book is one that pushes you over the edge. Now you can't right. hold on to these things anymore because when you collect a stamp, it doesn't go away. Meaning when you go through something in life, it, something bothers you in life and you don't process it out, that never goes away. You hold on to it until you process it out. So then all of a sudden your book of stamps is full and then you cash it in and then we tend to cash it in in a very big way. Yeah. So then all of a sudden this one little incident uh, you'll lash out in a big way or have a huge argument. You don't even know why you're arguing, but it's this, it turns into this very huge thing. Um, or you, 
you know, you separate or you don't want to spend time with each other. You know, like, so, so bigger uh, effects happen. And that's one of my tendencies. To collect stamps. Collect stamps, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so now I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> so now we stay on top of each other. And, you know, we've talked through that because we've had those tendencies in the past. Um, and it's a very common thing. So now we, we keep each other in balance, and every day it's like, okay, are there any stamps that are come up today? Let's talk about them now. Let's not, we're not collecting them. Let's cash them in as they come up. And it's not fun, man. Sometimes I'm like, no, no, it's cool. It's all good. It's all good. And he's like, no, no, no. No, no stamp collecting. I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. It's all fine. He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk. I'm not leaving until we talk. Yeah, it's too important. Yeah, and I'm like, but this is such a stupid stamp. Right, it, right, it's so small. It's such it's a so stupid, stupid stamp. Yeah. And and you know what? It, it might be this little small insignificant thing now, but, right. you know, six months from now when you've collected a thousand of them. You forget how it started. I mean, hopefully it's not a thousand over six months, but you, <laughs> but you, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's our secret to marriage, people. Well, it's, Don't it's, collect stamps. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. <laughs> And, and I think it's important that we, the stuff we do, we do together. Yeah. I, I mean, I know a lot of relationships, people have their own hobbies and, and which is not a bad thing. I mean, you can have the, your own interests, but what I've found over time and over my process of relationships is that it's, it's important to be interested in what your spouse is interested in. Yeah. So I, you know, whatever you're interested in, I take an interest. So for example, it, you know, if you, anyone that knows Samantha knows that she has a love for Matchbox 20 and Rob Thomas. Yeah. An absolute love for Matchbox 20 and Rob Thomas. Yes. Right. Yes. Like it, obsessively. <laughs> oh, okay. So <laughs> her, her nickname is Matchbox. That is my nickname. People. Okay. So in, in that, I was never... I mean, yeah, Matchbox 20 is okay. I mean, they're, they're all Wait, right. What? No, no, no. I'm just, hang on, hang on. Go on this ride with me. <laughs> I, but Matchbox 20, growing up, I liked them. You knew who they were. You know, here was this guy that came out of Orlando and it was cool. And, you know, it's like, all right, yeah, Rob Thomas, Matchbox 20, he, he's good. But it wasn't my, my music, right? I had my own music. And, but now getting to understand Sam and her love and why it's so important for her Something as small as me taking an interest in Rob Thomas and Matchbox 20 and going with her to a concert, and which was amazing, by the way, and and just showing that to me was very important. Right. She could have easily, you could have easily went with someone else to the concert. Right. Completely. Easily. Right. Which would have been super fun, too. But it's just different when you share something that you love with somebody like the closest person in your life. It's just something special about that. And, and authentically sharing. So I didn't reluctantly go to the concert. It wasn't like, fine, I'll go. You know, I'd rather see someone else. No, it's like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to really take an interest in what you're you're interested in. Right. And, and we're not saying it's not like he has to become a Matchbox 20 fan or anything. It's not like he's playing the music in his car when I'm not with him. Um, but... Just, you know, the fact that you were like, yeah, cool. Matchbox 20 is coming. Or I actually do play Rob Thomas in my Aww. car. I don't know about Matchbox 20. I think it's just Rob Thomas, but um, the, the concert really changed me. Yeah, you had a it was, lot of it was fun. One of, it was one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to. Yeah, and it was a standing, it was, we were standing right in the front row. Right in the front row, right next to the stage. He was right now, it was the, the energy he had. It was amazing. What, what an amazing performer, singer, songwriter. 
anyway, see, I get off, but I mean, just, just from having this interest and saying, yeah, I want to take interest in this, all of a sudden, I now am a, a, a Rob Thomas fan. Cool, because now I don't have to share that on my own with myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, and so these are the things, and just like with you, with me, taking an interest in Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Who's one of my uh, artistic idols, and... It, you know, and Sam has taken an interest in that right. and even even uh, took me to see a concert, mm-hmm. a, um, an unplugged concert with her, which was really beautiful. And so we, we share in that. Right. That's the thing. Uh, it's kind of one of my philosophies. It's like working in the in the theater. Now we do it together. So if working in the theater, if just one of us wanted to do it, and not the other. Right, I, like I, if I don't I, think I would do it. I don't know. Yeah. If 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 this is what you did and I worked I don't know, let's say a bank. Uh, yeah, for, for example. <laughs> for exa- I actually used to work in a bank. <laughs> I, I, It would be just weird. It would just be weird if I did my thing from nine to five and then you were doing this consistently. I don't know. Uh, yeah, because our passions so. would be split. And, and to me, I think nowadays, and it's different than in what I would call the olden days, the days of my grandparents, the days of my parents, where... That was more of a traditional norm. We're starting to lose tradition in this country. And, you know, we're starting to get into what each individual person wants instead of, you know, a family unit or a, a, a tradition of a, a culture. Or we're starting to lose those different things. Um, it's being divided. And with that is this sense of we can have separate passions and still maintain a relationship. It's and that's you see what I mean. It's like yeah. it used to be just because of the structure, you, you know, the the one part, you know, both parents might go off to work, come back, and just because of the culture of this is marriage, you stay together. Now I'm not saying anyone was happy. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe maybe nobody was happy, but but the culture and the structure supported that. Nowadays, in the search for happiness and. Uh, uh, trying to find identification and trying to you know, maximize the fullness of yourself and all of these things, we're always looking for, well, what makes us happy and what, what is driving us in life? And I think if we're not driven in the same direction, at some point we're too far apart to make it work anymore. Well, I think we talk about that. Like relationships are, people are, we're always going to grow and change. And who you are today is not who you are in six months or in a, or a year from now. But if you don't grow together, then you absolutely will grow apart. I mean, it, it's just ine- inevitable. It will happen. Right. If you're it, not growing together, you will grow apart. And this is family relationship, friends relationships, yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, romantic relationships. It really doesn't matter. It's just right. any sort of relationship. If you think of even friendships. Yeah, even friendships. <clears throat> a lot of times friendships are from proximity. You're friends with people who you encounter the most. <laughs> you become friends with people at work. Why? Because you see them every day. Mm-hmm. You become friends with people in your neighborhood. Why? Because they live next door to you. And it's, it's those type of things. And, uh, or like what we do with acting and everything else. It's like, oh, well, other actors would become friends with or other artists would become friends with. But it's a, lot of, a lot of it is proximity and what you're currently doing. But to maintain a long-term friendship with somebody, you have to still have the same interests. When you start having different interests... And this could be religious interests, political interests, which we see a pretty big divide right now in that. Yeah. Uh, or even, you know, cultural or, or hobby interests. I mean, it, it eventually it's like, well, no, we're not sharing in the same thing. It's like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. You know, it's like 
Right. It's like, we just don't have that. It's like, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to whatever, watch that game or go to this thing or it's not my interest anymore. And then when you spend less time together, the relationship suffers. Right. Yeah. Because relationship is about, right. Is that, that connection now in this moment? Well, yeah. I mean, you have to work on a relationship regardless. It's not, it doesn't have to necessarily be a partnership, but friendships too. If you're not consistently working on them, they're going to eventually kind of start fading out. And we, you know, one of the things I, I teach on the acting side of things, right? So as an actor, we always look at a scene and we have to look at the relationships because relationship drives everything, right? Every story is a relationship story. And so as we're looking at that, we first identify, okay, what is this relationship? Okay, we're friends or we're, you know, we're lovers or whatever it is. You identify the title, but the title's not the relationship. The relationship is how do you feel about that person right now? And that changes day to day. Yeah. So you could be sisters and you could love your sister one day and hate them the next. And it's just, how do you feel about the person right now? You think about any family, really, you can, you can love someone one day and hate them the next, or sometimes in the same day, sometimes in the same moment, <laughs> you could love them and hate them, uh, depending on what's, what's happening. Yeah. I mean, I think. I get it. Like the whole title thing, just because you're sisters doesn't necessarily mean you have to love each other. Right. I mean, there's many relationships that have these titles that don't, a title doesn't define the relationship. The relationship defines the relationship. Like the whole thing with step parents or step brothers and sisters. It's just a stupid title. Really? It's, right. The, the, the title People is. People get caught up so much on these titles and it's just, it's, it's the relationship. That's right. what matters. How do we feel how about we these? Feel right. How are we treating each other? How do we feel about each other? The title is just a, it's a logical construct. So we have an understanding of what we're talking about. It's a form of communication. That's what we use it for. It doesn't, the title doesn't mean anything. Right. What means something is the actual feeling underneath it. And that's what has to be worked on. Right. In, in an actual relationship, we have to work on those feelings. We have to work on on actually cultivating the the actual personal thing that we have underneath. And that's why relationships change. That's why we grow apart. I mean, I've had friends, you know, that I grew up with and I was great friends with and then I haven't talked to in years. Right. You know, I think that just just happens. There are there are it's weird because and then there are relationships that you may not talk to that person a lot, but when you do talk to them, it's like time hasn't passed which is really cool I just think that that's just because when you had the relationship you created a very strong connection with that person um because one of my closest friends Jalissa I don't talk to her a lot I really don't I wish wish we did more but when I do talk to her it's like time hasn't passed it's it's weird you know yeah and I mean I feel a lot of that you know I mean you got a glimpse of that with with my family in Chicago yeah. <clears throat> right. I mean, I, I see them once every 15 years or something. It's a long time that goes by. And, but we went up there and time doesn't pass. Yeah. And it's, it's, and, but again, that's the feeling that you have. It's the feeling. It, right. It has nothing to do with the title. It has nothing right. to do with their family or not family or, or anything. It has to do with how do you feel about them? How did you feel about them the last time? There's an understanding that we live in different states. There's an understanding that we're right. distant. But then when we see each other, it's it's as if time has not passed. Right. And that I just think that's the thing. It's an understanding. Right? Because if we went up to Chicago and they were like, but you never reach out to me. Well, it's like, well, okay. 
Right. When, and that's not, but that's not what's happening. It's like, oh man, it's like, it's just a, it's just an understanding of where people are at, not having these expectations. Because I mean, I, I have, I have other family all yeah. over the globe. Right. You know, I have a sister down in Chile and who's, you know, who I don't see because we're pretty far apart, you know, another sister in, in Houston and brother and sister up in Canada. And, and you know, uh, it's, it, it, we love each other. Right. Absolutely love each other. And, and, but it's just, we're separated by distance, but when we get back together, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's very cool. So, but again, it has to do with, with working on the relationship and an understanding of the relationship. It's an understanding of the relationship. Yeah. Because you might have someone else that you've had a falling out with. Yeah, yeah, it's like if any of you have ever had a friend or some sort of relationship that all of a sudden you had a falling out with. I mean, there was a time where you were inseparable. And, and now then, you're just somebody that I... Yeah, <laughs> you, right, singer, exactly. Yeah, that, that song, well, right? well, yeah, you, you should commit to that and just right. really, you know... I don't know how to sing. Really be- oh, you were doing so oh. well. but but isn't it amazing i mean it's just and and but whatever separated that friendship apart or whatever it is is typically there was one incident there was something that happened that all of a sudden there was an emotional reaction to that changed the way we think about it why are we talking about this i don't know (laughs) what do you mean why are we talking about this just my mind just went just shut off squirrel Where'd you squirrel to? How we got into this. We were talking about relationships and how, how to maintain a, a strong relationship. That's what the topic of our episode is oh, about. okay. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, people, I check out. I, I just want to know where you went because I saw you check out and I couldn't figure out where you went to. I was checking out, trying to figure out how we got here. <laughs> well, the great news is because this is recorded, you can listen back and know exactly how we got here. Yeah. So were we were we giving the secret to marriage? Mm-hmm. Well, or to, to, to a, a strong re- relationship, not, not to marriage, to a relationship. Well, I mean, it's I think it's one and the same. Yeah. But it's to, it's to a strong relationship. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, a marriage simply is just we're committing to each other for a relationship. That's all. Yeah. Right. right. So. And depending on where you're at, it could be a religious or a spiritual, uh, you know, journey as well. But it's it's really just saying, no, I'm I'm committing myself to you. You're committing yourself to me, um, and we're committed <laughs> in the asylum. Yeah. So it's and that's it. But it's still the relationship underneath it. I love you, man. Aw, I love you too. You're that was favorite. sweet. <laughs> So do you have any other, what other advice do you have to anyone out there that's trying to figure out, well, I want to, I want to have a strong marriage or I want to have a strong relationship or, you know, how do I make that work? I feel like it's so cliche, man, but communication. What do you mean? Really talking to each other, at least for me. Right. Cause again, going back to the stamps, like I, I like to keep things in when I feel certain ways, just cause I don't want to seem like I'm not strong enough. Uh, I don't want to feel weak. And and so it's just so much easier to not express how I'm feeling or even figure it out. Sometimes I don't even know how I'm feeling. So it's just so much easier to stay quiet. Just from a fear of not knowing how to express yourself? Uh, yeah. And not, 
again, I think it all comes from just weakness. Like not, not wanting to look. Not wanting to look weak or needy. Well, I, I know there's some things you're like, no, this is stupid. Right. I, I don't want to tell you about it because it's stupid. Right. And so you're perceiving that whatever you're going through is stupid. And it's not that I still don't feel that. Sometimes I very much still do feel that, but I, I'm learning how to work through that and still be able to express how I'm feeling. Because I know that after I do, I feel so much better. A lot of the times, it's weird. I have a question. <laughs> Squirrel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know how like when you're venting, you feel better after? Yes. It's like a vomit session. Yeah. Sometimes I don't feel better after. Yeah, because you hold on to it. How do you let go? Well, when I see like a dog will vomit and then lick it back up. <laughs> when I vomit, I let it go. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's weird. Like for me, I feel like I don't know how to uh, let things go like that. Like sometimes when you're frustrated or stressed and then you, you just talk about it, you feel better. And it's like, boom, you're like different after. And for me, I talk about it, but then I still feel feel the same way. So you're still holding on then. To, so when you're vomiting out, you're, so you're, you're talking about it, but you're not releasing it, which is a difference. So when I vent, um, I actually am releasing an emotion. Okay. So by releasing the emotion, I let go of it. I experience it. I let go of it and then I'm done. You, you see the difference versus, uh, versus, because sometimes if, if you vent, theoretically. okay, because if, if you're venting about something or which is complaining or you're frustrated, but you're causing that to make new feelings of guilt, yes, which is what you do. Guilt, is, guilt is your thing. This is what I do. Because how you're venting, okay. you're somehow turning it back into your fault or you feel guilty about something. You see, or there's something to feel bad about. Huh. Instead of just. No, this bothered me. You got to put it out there and be done with it. I don't think I know how to do that. Well, it takes time. I think it takes a lot of practice. Yeah, but <laughs> what am I not doing? You're not releasing it. But what does that mean? Okay, so it, it <laughs> means that you're not allowing yourself to honor what you're feeling. You're not giving yourself permission to be okay with what you're feeling. You're telling yourself so I'm in some way. feeling a certain way. Right. But you're and telling, I'm expressing the way I feel. Yes. But you're also telling yourself it's not okay for me to be feeling this. And that's what's not allowing me to release it? Yes. Not honoring yourself and saying, no, it's perfectly okay that I'm mad right now. It's perfectly okay that I feel guilty or, or even, you know, or guilty oh, or okay. jealous. So what or, happens is I feel guilty about feeling the guilty. way being feeling guilty or when I'm angry, I feel guilty about feeling angry. Yeah, you're telling yourself that you're weak for feeling these things, that you're wrong for feeling these things. Damn. Instead, we have to embrace our feelings. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I guess I'll... We'll... Ooh, <laughs> <Beep>. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> you left me speechless on that one. <laughs> gotcha. But, okay. but yeah, I mean, and it, which is what... I mean, it's, it's kind of the process that we go through when we're teaching acting too. It's, it's, it's embracing what you feel in every moment okay. and being okay with that, right? It's the whole, it's the, I am enough, uh, philosophy of saying that, yes, 
whatever you're feeling right now is okay. Even if it's a negative feeling, even if you, you think you shouldn't be feeling it, right? It's, it's, we got to separate out the judgment of that and say, you know what? I'm feeling mad right now. Okay. That's okay that I'm feeling mad. We can try to figure out why, but it needs to be okay that we're feeling this way. But it's weird. Cause like, I feel like I understand that. Like this is something I've had conversations with people about that. Feelings are feelings. They're neither good. They're neither bad. They are what they are. Right. So I feel like I understand that theoretically. Oh, I'm angry right now. And that's okay. It's okay to be upset. Right. Like when we talk to the kids and they're upset, it's like, it's fine to be upset. You can completely be upset. Um, but how do you, I don't know. I feel like when I'm going through it, I don't know how to process it. Well, sure. Because when you're going through it, you have a tremendous feeling of vulnerability or guilt or other things and that get in your way. The logical construct gets in your way. Uh, and it, the fear gets in your way. And that's, it, fear is more overwhelming than anything. So it, I'm trying it, to think of an example out. just to give people, but. Um, I don't know. I can't think of anything right now. Well, it, it, any discussion that we have where I'm trying to say, oh, did you notice that? You know, because oh, this happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some things that happen and, and just I'm a teacher, right? So as a teacher, I always try to find teachable moments and it's just part of who I am. <laughs> and sometimes I know, I, you know, not everything's a teachable moment, but it is. And so I will do something like driving. Right? Oh my God. Okay. So we're driving and all of a sudden. Listen, just so you know, <laughs> if I'm driving, if I'm behind the wheel, I got him in the passenger seat. You, you need to slow down. Oh, you need to brake sooner. That's exactly what he sounds like. And then if I'm in the, like in the passenger seat, <laughs> I'm in the passenger seat. I hear, well, you're you're such a bad navigator. You don't you know you're not you're not telling me where to go. Like you got to look it up on the map. I'm like, man, listen, I'm just gonna sit right. in the back seat. So I'm an Uber. <laughs> so <laughs> and I feel like this is a constant conversation. Okay. All right. All right. So because because, again, I always say, right, <laughs> experience teaches only the teachable. So here's the problem. So as we're driving down the road, right, let's say, OK, let's <laughs> say you're in the passenger seat and you're navigating me somewhere. Yeah. So. All right. So to put this in context, we'll be driving somewhere. She's the navigator. So she has the map or Siri or whatever is mapping us to whatever we're going. And I'm just driving forward until I'm told to, to make a turn or do something. And then she's like, um, yeah, so, you know, that that uh, the road back there. Yeah, that was the one we needed to turn on. I'm like, well, you could have told me before we got there. You have the GPS in front of you. You know, so it's those type of things. And then and so then what I'll do is I'll say, OK, but I, I don't like being the navigator. No, you don't. No. So I'd rather drive. <laughs> All right. And then when she's driving, I, I, I just believe that when we drive, we should look out for other people. I I'm just, <laughs> wow, wow, you got offended there. But I mean, I'm just saying that, that as, as a whole, as a whole in this country, people are very selfish when they're on the road. Right? Driving slow in the left lane. I don't do that, man. Not that much anymore. No, You've gotten I used better. to be really bad. I don't do that. Because <laughs> that's one of my pet peeves. It's one of my pet peeves. Yeah. Okay. But you're also courteous to a fault when you're driving. Okay. 
right? So you in the middle, you'll stop in the middle of a road that doesn't have a stop sign or anything just to let someone else who's trying to get onto the road in. And I'm like, okay, don't stop in the middle of a road <laughs> that you're not supposed to stop on. This, this is this is how accidents behind you are caused. talking about people? So anyway, so what I'll do is I'll explain the teacher and me because, okay, well, let's just, let's just explain this. So then you'll have, have an understanding of why stopping in the middle of a flowing road is not a good idea. No, my bad one. No, I don't do that. What I do is you, I'll, okay. I'll cross lanes during an intersection. Well, you cross lanes all the time without even knowing. <laughs> so no, where you cross lanes, yeah. In an intersection where you're turning, you're turning left and okay. you'll cross lanes. So there's two turning lanes that are turning left. Right in like these four-way highways. There's no car next to me. You don't even look. You don't. You're not <laughs> even aware. There might have been a car next to you or behind you, and it's in the bushes now. That's why you don't. <laughs> you look in your rearview mirror driving, and you don't see it. If people saw what was happening <laughs> behind me, they'd see all the accidents happening. But anyway, the whole point of this, yeah, was that some sometimes, and it's just you know my style is to educate. Not I'm not trying to offend or criticize. It's like, well, look, let's to me because I believe you get better in the world by learning from things that that you know that you can improve right and so if you do something it's like oh you know that wasn't the best way to do it let's do it this way because this is how it improves it then then we learn from it experience teaches the teachable so but to be teachable you have to be open and so and this goes back to our initial conversation yeah sometimes you'll do something and i'll say oh you know what you you crossed the lane when you were turning left and you had a car right behind you and you know, it had to slow down. So, so what can you do better next time? Right? Be be aware of the lane you're in and make sure you, right? You stay in your lane. You know, or whatever it is. So I'll I'll and I know I'm in teacher mode, but it's, but then you'll get you'll feel guilty and get defensive. I'll yeah. For example, I'll be like, but there was no one behind me, or there was no one on my left, or I mean on my right, and you'll be like, but that's not the point. Right. That's illegal. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's every, and then it goes into a whole rant. Everybody needs to take driving school <laughs> well, every couple of years. That's, that's my own soapbox. Yes. Know. Yes. That's my own soapbox. Everyone's yeah. texting while driving or not paying attention or, yeah. you know, being unaware in the world. But, but this comes back to you asked, well, how do I vent and let go of it? Well, this is it. You hang on to things. It's, or I just, I think I get defensive. Yes. Yeah. Extremely. Right. And it's because I don't want to, I don't want to admit that, that I'm wrong. Yep. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which is a normal human thing. No one wants to admit they're wrong because it's, it's, it's a fear. Our, we're trying so hard desperately each and every day to be enough, to feel like we are enough. And we have this thing called imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is, is where we feel like we are an imposter uh, you know, hiding behind a mask and we're just, co we're convincing everyone that we're one thing when we actually feel like we're something else. We feel not good enough. We feel broken in some ways or weak in some ways or all of these different things, fearful. We feel these things on the inside, but we're sh trying to show people that we are confident and courageous and, and all of this other. So it's called imposter syndrome where we feel not good enough and, but we're trying to show people that we are. And so the way through that is to actually try to feel good enough is to, is the, I am enough campaign is to tell yourself, I am enough every single day. What I'm feeling is enough. Who I am is enough in this world. Um, you know, what I, what I contribute to the world is, is enough. 
um, you know, I don't need to be anything more or less than I actually am. And that can go a long way in that. <clears throat> but through imposter syndrome, because, you know, and that's why we have a hard time receiving compliments, right? You know, and as, as artists, we go through that a lot. It's like, oh my God, that is so amazing. Or this job you did acting is so amazing. And we kind of, you know, we pull back from that and, and we have a hard time with that because again, it's that imposter syndrome. We don't believe we're doing as good of a job as what someone else is telling us. Yeah. And so, but with letting go, that goes the same thing. We don't want to let go because we're still feeling guilty or defensive on ourselves for what we did. We're, we're still beating ourselves up. But every time you beat yourself up, you're telling yourself you're not good enough. So when you can honor what you're feeling and say, no, I am feeling this right now and I'm just going to get it out. Man, it's weird because I feel like I, I've really, I, I do that. And I even tell you, like, I, I'm even like, I don't care. This is how I feel right now. And I'm going to tell you because it's how I feel. And yeah. And I say this to you. No, you do. But then you have a moment afterwards where you still allow yourself to not feel good. Huh. Instead of you should feel great getting that out. Human psychology, man. Yeah. It's an ongoing thing. Dude. I love it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fickle bitch. It is a fickle bitch. So last secrets on marriage. Come on. Last secrets on marriage, and then we'll we'll wrap this episode up. Never stop making out. Aw. Never stop kissing. That that is true. Yeah. Never stop kissing. And and being affectionate. Oh my gosh. Holding hands. I love uh, it. Just hugs. I used to not like it. Long hugs too. Long hugs, long yeah. kisses. Um, holding hands. Hug till they let go. Yes. That's an important rule in life. When you give someone a hug to, and you really mean it, hug until they let go. And that shows them that you care. And that's what we'll leave you with. Aw. Hug till they let go. Nice. I like that. And for me, it's been gratitude. I focus on gratitude every single day. Um, and it, it has been completely life transforming. Um, and the main thing I focus on gratitude of is uh, Sam and the family. Every and note, every night, he leaves me a note under my pillow. And I think we're on like 306? Seven. Three, aww. <laughs> 307. It started for something I was doing for her birthday. And I was going to leave her, you know, so many notes <clears throat> just, just saying you know, why I'm grateful for her. And it's part of the, the idea of a, a moment of gratitude every day where you state every single day when you wake up something you're grateful for. And so I was like, well, I'm going to do that directly for, for Sam and leave her a note every single day of why I'm grateful for her. And I just never stopped. And I was like, you know what? This is something I don't ever want to stop. And so now we're at the 307th day of reasons I'm, I'm grateful for to have it's Sam my, in my life. It's my favorite moment of the night. Oh yeah, and it, it it something as simple as that keeps you centered. It, it yeah. keeps us centered, and and we do it with our kids, and we have we have a moment of gratitude with them every morning, um, you know, where they say something they're grateful for. We tell them something we're grateful for, and and it just it it just keeps us because you know too often we can get really sidetracked and squirreled off on the negative of all the things that aren't going well. There's not enough money, and there's not enough time, and there's not enough whatever. Right? There's all, always something happening. You know, we're not feeling well and this is going wrong and that's going wrong. And yes, believe me, there's always something that, that can be going wrong if that's what you focus on. But gratitude can change that energy 
and focus on what's going right. Yeah. And when you take just a moment to do that each and every day, it can be absolutely life transforming. How cool is it going to be the day that we're not here anymore and our kids find all these notes in a box? And they have all of that stuff to look back and all of the different things I'm gratified, you know, was, was grateful for. Oh, that's I so know. sweet. I love that. I love you. Oh, I love you too. And on that note, everyone, it's good to be back. Yeah. Hopefully this is now the first of many uh, editions of Truthful Talk as we continue, which is now going to be, so the new format of Truthful Talk is going to be Sam and I getting on here and just talking. And we're going to, we're going to do that. We have a lot of, a lot of things we just like to talk about. We're always having these conversations. And so now we'll just start doing it uh, for you. Yeah. Today was just random. Just random. And it was spur of the moment. Completely. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, baby. All right, everyone. It's good to be back. Have a wonderful week. If we don't talk to you before the holidays, have an amazing winter holiday and we will be back soon. And if you're in the area, in the Orlando area, Theater on the Edge. We'll be back with talk radio uh, beginning January 10th and running through February 16th. Go to theateronTheEdge.org. And also we're enrolling for Truthful Acting Studios, our shameless plugs. These are our sponsors. Hashtag <laughs> shameless plugs. <laughs> but uh, uh, Truthful Acting, our new semester begins January 20... 20-something, 20 right? 23rd. <laughs> January 23rd, Mondays and Thursdays. Yes, January 23rd, uh, and it's uh, truthfulacting.com. So theateronTheEdge.org, O-R-G, or truthfulacting.com. Talk to you soon. Hope to see you soon. Bye. So what I told you was true, from a certain point of view. You must unlearn what you have learned. I know what you're trying to do. I'm trying to free your mind, but I can only show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through it.